Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 8, Getting Kinky with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website running your phone, and Smitty has some info about a new partnership with ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, I think you should sign up for ESPN+. Plus. You should do it through the Inside the Rank website. Uh, the Bruins are going to be on ESPN+, Plus from time to time this season, and you can watch them by signing up for ESPN+, Plus on InsideTheRink.com. Not only do you get the most out-of-market hockey games, you get many other sports, including college basketball, which has recently started up. Football bowl season's coming soon, so sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Again, get ESPN Plus by signing up at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Tell you, before you know it, you'll be able to get anything and everything in your life. Oh, yeah. Sure you will. Yeah. yeah Th- that's basically ESPN eight the Ocho. You can you can get like late night, you could probably get, you know, cornhole on there and yeah. and spike ball yeah. and all those weird, you know, yeah. lawn sports and maybe jar- maybe they'll bring jarts back. You'll be able to <laughs> impale somebody with a lawn dart Charts. on yeah. ESPN. It'll be fantastic. So sign up for ESPN. Uh, plus, and uh, we'll be uh, swimming in the box if you do that because we get a little kickback if you sign up on there. Mm. So yeah, you I should. Thought, do... I, I always thought you said charts, but it was charts. <laughs> charts. You know, get the charts yeah, you could, if somebody got impaled by a jart, they probably would chart, <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. ESPN Plus uh, is the way to go. Uh, ESPN up all night. I guess is what yeah. he's trying to say. Yeah. I, I, ha- I have the ESPN Plus and I love it. Well, I, I watch it probably every day. Do you? Excellent. Yeah. All right, so sign up and uh, and help us out. All right, Bruins Weekend Review, another good one, another three-win week. And on November 10th, a 3-1 to win over Calgary. Flames struggling. Uh, gave it a really good effort, though. You could tell they were desperate to win. Dominated the start of each period. The Bruins were opportunistic and lucky at times. Charlie McAvoy scored the game-winning goal. Connor Clifton scored for the first time in 28 games. And to that point, 18 different goal scorers for the Bruins. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of running out of superlatives and running out of things to say at this point about about, uh, how they're doing and and the kind of balance and depth they're getting up and down the lineup. You know, Marchand comes back into the lineup, uh, you know, last week or whatever, two weeks ago now, uh, 10 days, whatever it is, and and scores a, a, a goal or two in his debut, and then McAvoy in this game scores the game-winning goal in his first game back. So, um, you know, it's it's almost like the rich are getting richer here where, uh, you know, they're getting guys back into the lineup and, and everybody's kind of contributing right away. So it's definitely nice to see. Yeah, I mean, the balance scoring, we've talked about this the last couple of years, about how they didn't have a ton of balance scoring, especially mm-hmm. in the forward group. And now uh, just within, now it's up to, I think, 20 different goal scorers yep. in the first 16 games. So, I mean, there's just a couple of guys, even no six scored now. There's yeah. only a couple of guys <laughs> left who yeah. haven't scored a goal yet. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, all right, November 12th, a 3-1 to one win at Buffalo. The Bruins weren't great for most of the first two periods, but it was all about kinky. 
Kinky. Kinky. Uh, and Keith Kincaid came to play his first start. The 33-year-old was the best player for the Bruins. Uh, the Bruins win it in the third where they have been dominant this season, outscoring teams 23-7 to to that point. Jakobs Borrell gets the game winner with his first NHL goal and becomes the 19th different Bruin to score to that point this season. Uh, the perfection line iced it, and it actually was reunited by Monty who was looking for a spark because I thought that this was, you know, even though they had lost two other games, I thought this was probably their worst effort and worst game from front to back. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't look real good uh, in in this one. And uh, you know, Buffalo has been, you know, playing well, um, you know, or they were up until that point. Uh, They've had a little bit of a slide after the Bruins beat them there. Um, but yeah, Buffalo had come in hot. They had a lot of energy. They have young legs. Um, uh, Tage Thompson with a beautiful, uh, shorthanded goal. Mm. Um, mm. you know, just walks David Krejci, um, when the Bruins had five forwards on the power play. I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, especially with some of the defensemen that you have on the roster. I don't, I don't think that's really necessary to, to do that. But, uh, mm. yeah, the perfection lines shows some of that old magic. Uh, they come down on a, on a beautifully executed, you know, three on two or three on three and, and, uh, you know. Pasenak to Marchand to Bergeron and and then a little one T right into the right into the uh, you know low blocker uh, and it was just a real good win against an up and coming Sabres team um, and they were on the road where they um, you know they haven't been at their best in some of the some of the road games. Yeah, it's good. It's a good sign when a, a team like the Bruins beats teams when they aren't at their best. And like you said, the Sabres are improved. Thompson looks to be the real deal. He had 38 goals last year now. Uh, continues to be a really good player for them. And, mm-hmm. and it was a good win for, for Boston. And then November 13th, the next day, back-to-back, this one's at home against Vancouver, a 5-2 to two win. Thomas Nosek, the 20th different goal scorer, he gets the empty netter, and it was good to see him score. Uh, first time in 65 games for him. Yep. Hampus Lindholm with three more assists. Cliffy Hockey with a good a goal and an assist. Um, Bruins seem to be clicking on all cil- cylinders. It got a little out of whack in the third when Vancouver cut it to 4-2. to two. But the Bruins got some big stops from Allmark again, and they prevailed, taking care of business against a bad team. And the Vancouver Canucks have been kind of a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, and the Bees come up with a, a, a tough stretch coming up here. Yeah, they uh, they did get a good win against a, a Vancouver team that just, uh, I mean, they've had so many multi-goal leads that they've blown this year. It's mm. it's comical to this point. With I think mm. they there's at least six games where they've had more than two goal leads, two goal or more leads that they've blown, which is amazing to me. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the, uh, you know, they took care of business against a bad team, but they do have a real tough stretch coming up here against, uh, you know, after they have Philadelphia and Chicago, they go Tampa, Florida, Carolina, Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, Colorado, Arizona, Mm -hmm. and then Vegas again. So they have a real, real tough stretch, you know, probably the next 10 games or so there's maybe three that you'd say, yeah, they definitely will win those. And then the other seven are going to, are, you know, Real good teams, quality opponents, some home and road. So this will really tell you kind of where they're at, um, you know, through this point in the season. All right, it'll definitely be a, a good measuring stick for them. But again, 14 and 2, 20 different goal scorers on the season and uh, really rolling right now are the Bruins. And they get Jeremy Swayman back uh, now, who has uh, been activated. And, and Kincaid, after that really good start, gets sent back down. So right now, without 
really it's without Derek Forbort. Other than that, mm-hmm. getting healthy and and uh, you hopefully know, staying healthy. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully staying, staying healthy. healthy. Getting yeah. healthy and hopefully staying Knock healthy. Knock on all sorts of wood. Yeah. Um, all right. Seven Chirps, sponsored by Lobs Brewing. Lobs is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. And you can use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. So just go to lobsbrewing.com and also follow them at Lobs Brewing for new beers and events. Chirp number one, what is your biggest concern early on in the season? I'll tell you, there's really not a lot to choose from. They're getting great goaltending. They're getting production up and down the lineup. Uh, For me, uh, it is penalties. They're taking Mm -hmm. too too many penalties. They're going shorthanded too often. Their penalty kills man fantastic, so you can't complain Mm -hmm. about that. But I think in general, they're taking too many penalties. Uh, I think they're 26th to 27th in the league in penalties taken, which uh, you can't have long-term success, especially on the penalty kill, uh, if you're going to be doing that, um, especially missing forward too, who is one of their, their better penalty killers. So uh, for me, it's penalties, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. It seems to be a lot of like stick infractions where they're like yeah. reaching or lunging or trying to get a second effort on a puck and and hooking a guy or and that type of thing and and, I, and I'm with you. I, I I don't think now the style they play right now is a little more free and it's a little more transition and so I think you're going to get you know some some penalties here and there. But I'm with you. I I don't want them. They do have a great penalty kill. But um, I, know I don't want them to, to test that out, uh, and I want them to be a little bit more disciplined. So I would I would be with that as well. I think injuries are always a, you know, a, a little bit. I mean, if they lose like a Krejci or a Bergeron, mm-hmm. that that would, for any extended period of time might be, you know, really tough for them to overcome. Uh, they're getting. I think Krejci's been you know decent. I mean, he, he's you know he's still working his way back in to the league after playing. Uh, you know, what does uh, Felger say against goat farmers last year? And now he's, yeah. and now he's playing against any show players, but he's been, he's been okay. I mean, there's been some defensive stuff and he always seems to get caught in the fight in the five man power play. He always seems to get caught uh, as the last guy back. So that's happened a couple of times, but he's been, he's been okay. Uh, but they can't afford to lose either one of those centers or Pasternak or someone like that uh, for an extended period of time. So injuries, I guess would be the big concern for me just going forward on a team that has some older, older vets. Yeah. I just looked Um, it up. I just want to clarify. So I did looked it up They're 25th in the league in in penalty minutes. So they, they have taken uh, quite a few penalties and I I'll give a quick rundown just to show how dominant they've been uh, to this point in the season. So goals for their first 64 goals against their second at 35 assists, their fifth shooting percentage, their second power play is seventh penalty killing is first and then penalty penalties is twenty fifth. So um, wow, it so does it does kind of stand out uh, quite a bit. And uh, as far as Krejci, you know, he does have nine points in thirteen games, uh, so he is producing. But he is minus four. He's the only other minus player on the team, uh, except for Antoine Strawman, who was also right. minus four. So right. um, you know, he is getting caught a little bit uh, in some defensive zone things. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it's just working his way back from. Uh, playing against the goat farmers and, and yeah. uh, so forth. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And I, and you were right on that with the penalty, with the penalties uh, 25th. And I, I did read, I think that they're second, second or third in the league in five on five play, 
Whereas last year they were near the bottom. Yeah. Uh, so that's been a big development for them. Five one five, much better, and it, and it speaks to the forward depth and the fact that their defensemen are are, are adding points. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that last year. How we they did. only had like fifty. I don't know. It, it was it wasn't very many points that they had uh, from the defensive group. Uh, last last season and already this season they have uh, on track to have much more this yeah, year. Absolutely. Um, seven chirps. Sorry. Now chirp number two is Brad Marchand, a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Okay. I think I think he's in. I think he's in. I mean, you could, in my opinion, you could put it probably put him in now. I mean, he he'll have to have some more, uh, you know, elite seasons, top, you know, top end seasons. Um, Probably a few more, anyways. But uh, in my book, he's in. He's a he's a he's an all star. He's got snubbed a few times because of his reputation. I think uh, he's a cup champion. Um, you know, he's been one of the best left wings in the game for the last five, six years, probably. Um, so to me, uh, I would say yes. Like, I, I, and it's, there's really not much of a question, and and that's we've talked about this before about hall of fame. Like you should be able to answer distinctly right away, like yes or no. Mm. And if you hedge at all, then I don't think the person should be in cause mm. I'm a hall of, you know, fame, not a hall of mm. very good. So right. uh, to me, he's in. Yeah. And, and I think so too. I think, you know, it, you know, you want to get to a magic number of a thousand points, thousand games, that type of stuff. And um, so another couple of years, which you should have, you know, a couple of decent, at least a couple of decent years, if not very good years coming up and, and he'll be, and he'll be in. Um, And I think it also helps to playing in Boston and helps to be in three cup finals and being in the spotlight there. So I think, uh, I think Marchand is in. Uh, All right. Chirp three, Connor Clifton is playing himself into a good contract all of a sudden that the Bruins won't be able to afford. Yeah, I I'm not sure what what that says uh, for Cliffy and what that says for the defense. I mean, right now in my eyes, he's a top four defenseman, and I never thought I would say this, um, but he's really he's really yeah. really blossomed under Montgomery. He's he's playing as as well as he ever has, um, and you know he's taking Kylo's minutes away from him because he's just played better. He he's more impactful on the ice. He's more physical than Kylo plays. Uh, he's better at passing the puck. He's better at jumping up into the play. He produces more. So you know if it comes down to it, and you have to choose between the two after the season, like if you have to sign Clifton or you need to free up money somehow. I mean I'm maybe looking to move Kylo if if it comes down to do I have to keep Kylo or keep Clifton? I think I want to keep Clifton. Yeah. Man, I you know what? This is foreshadowing because further down the list here we're going to talk about this. And I, you know, wrote about this in Inside the Rink today. I I am with you. Kylo will be 26 in like a week or so. Mm-hmm. And Clifton is 27. Um you know and and you might Carlo might be expendable even right now with yeah. uh, if you need some cap space or you need to make a bold hockey trade. Um, so, but, we, but we'll talk about that, but I, you know, look, Clifton is going to get at least 3 million a year. I mean, he's going to get at least Riley money and foreboard money. He should. If he yeah. Keeps, if he plays this, you know, if he plays like this, he I mean, should. He, Absolutely. He is. So, 
yeah, it creates something we didn't thought would happen. I, I just kind of thought Clifton would play out the season one year, 1 million. And then at the end of the year, kind of, he's probably going to be gone or you sign him again for, you know, 2 million bucks for a year or something. But now he's playing himself into a multi-year, you know, multi-million contract. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's right in his prime. So this is the time where he need, he wants to, and needs to cash in. So um, either the Bruins are going to have to pay him or somebody else is going to, um, mm-hmm. because he's playing too well right now, not to get a substantial raise. If there's anyone who has reaped the benefits of Jim Montgomery. Oh yeah. Connor Clifton might be number one. Yeah. Connor Clifton should send aggressively. Yeah. He can go hit. He doesn't have to worry about being out of position. He doesn't worry, have to worry about any of that. It's about aggressive hockey. Yeah. And Cassidy would probably be up his ass and, and, you know, scratching him, healthy scratching him. If he got, if we, if we talked about it, if he got into Cliffy hockey, street hockey mode, mm-hmm. he'd be sitting. Uh, but now I don't think he has to worry about that. And I think that Clifton is probably the number one guy reaping the benefits of no Cassidy. Yeah. He's going to have to send Montgomery Chris, Christmas cards and and yeah. and maybe a small gift for the rest of his life if he yes. if he cashes in on this uh, on this season for a long multi-term contract multi-year. Oh contract. sure, if I'm Monty, I'm getting a, an agent fee. For yeah, sure, for, absolutely. For uh, all right, chirp four. Will the goal from Jakob's Borrell jumpstart his season? I I hope so. Um, I hope so because I I really wish that we could see that guy who started last season, the first 10 games of last year, because he was pretty good. He was pretty dynamic. He was physical. He passed the puck well. Um, Early this year, there's just been way too many mistakes. He hasn't been playing as confidently. So um, hopefully this will get him going a little bit. I don't know how... um, easy it is if you're getting you know not very many minutes or sheltered minutes um so that'll be interesting to see how that kind of develops i think he's an nhl defenseman um i just i'm not sure where he's gonna fit in now um that the bruins have kind of uh a decent amount of guys back there yeah i you know it when all is said and done you know it's it's Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, Clifton, Forbort. And then mm-hmm. Zaboral's the seventh guy. He's the odd man out. So now if he's playing really good hockey and there'll be injuries and yeah. you may be able to plug him in if he's playing, you know, good hockey, then great. He's a, he's a really good seventh defenseman. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, but you're right. I, I don't know where he fits if everybody's because Forbort is an excellent penalty killer. Clifton's yeah. playing out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to take Grizzly or Carlo out probably. They, for any other reason and they make mo- too much money <laughs> and then, and then uh, Lindholm and McAvoy. So I don't know where he fits there other than seventh defenseman. And again, it's fine if that's what he is because he's, he's pretty good, but uh, I don't know if he's going to be in the top six when everybody's healthy. Um, all right. Number five, forget Mike Riley is trading Brandon Carlo, the bolder move to free up space. It definitely is a bolder move. Um, I just, I feel like his plays really regressed in the last couple of years. And now, you know, we just talked about it a minute ago. Clifton has overtaken him uh, into a top four role. Like he's not the shutdown guy that he was, um, you know, a few years ago. And I don't know if it's the concussions have caught up to him or, or what it is, but he's just not playing as confidently. He, he, doesn't really pass the puck. There was a few instances where I was watching the game where he had the puck, had time, and he just passed it to the other team. Just gave it right to the other team. Uh, And he just seems like he doesn't want 
the puck on his stick. He doesn't, he just wants to break up plays and get rid of it. And, yeah. you know, I think now you have better options. So to me, I mean, I know he's a young guy and maybe you can get something for him. But to me, I think maybe you do. Um, you do trade Kylo and you might be able to get back, you know, a pretty good piece or a pretty good draft pick or, you know, some prospects to replenish your farm system a little bit. Um, but Mike Riley, I think, is more of an ideal, you know, eighth defenseman. Um, you know, if you have somebody that to, to replace Kylo's minutes, whether it's Zaboral or Strawman, and Strawman hasn't been great, but um, I think Riley's more suited for that kind of in and, in and out of the lineup role um, than Kylo is. So, and, and you save more money. So I think that's something they should explore. Definitely. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think that this is something with, you know, there's a four years left at 4.1 is a pretty good deal for another team. He's 26 next week. You know, he's six six two twenty, but he doesn't, you know, necessarily play like it, no. but you know, even at the end of that deal, Look, that deal is not that much money two, three, four years from now as the cap goes up. So that's not bad. Um, and the Bruins are in a position right now where they could use as much money as they can as they can retain so that they can sign Zaka and they can sign Parsonak and they could potentially sign, you know, Swayman's out there. Clifton, they may need to resign. <laughs> Clifton's out there. I mean, you know, there's some guys on the team. What do you do with, do you let, I mean, I'm sure you just let Frederick go and some other guys, but I mean, this Craig Smith is up. I mean, this is this, but so even if you don't sign a Smith, you got to replace him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, that money's going to go quickly. So Carlo could be a guy that you deal for a couple of picks or maybe picking a prospect and you save 4 million bucks. And like you said, you know, I just feel like he's ex even in a cup, run, you know, a team that could potentially make a cup run. He's a guy who you could trade because you could, like you said, put Clifton in the second pair and you have Forbort and Riley and Zaboral, and maybe you just keep Riley. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's tempting. It's not the type of move Sweeney makes. It's not a, no, it's not a bold move. It's not a hockey trade that he typically makes. Um, but man, it would be an aggressive move and it would be savvy. You know, I, I'd be behind it. I would, depending on, of course, what they get in return. Wouldn't just dump them. Yeah. But I'd be behind it. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd explore it anyway, because he just hasn't, can you believe he's a, he's a plus 10 in 12 games? Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, at I mean, all. the team. Like said, I mean, this is to the other team. I mean, the team's really playing well. I mean, it's just yeah, really I mean, like everybody's. That's a plus because everybody they're just playing well, um, right? So and his, and I mean, I would explore it, but his, I'm not. His average ice time has gone down. It has. Yeah. Clifton since since McAvoy and Clifton have played. Clifton yeah. has overtaken him. Clifton is in the top four yes. now. It is not yes. Kylo. He pl Clifton yeah. plays more minutes, so yeah. it's Kylo's lost his spot in the top four. So. All these people, like he's a top four D. Not anymore, he isn't. He, now he's now he's your five six guy. And when Forba comes back, you know, he, there's another penalty killer you have. So I mean, I don't know. I think I think you should explore it, but you definitely shouldn't just give him away. Like he's too big. No. He has a long reach. He can play well defensively. He does have mm -hmm. his moments where he yeah. shuts good, things yeah, down. Good penalty killer. Yeah. I mean, he yeah, yeah he's a yeah. good penalty killer. You know, yeah. you don't have. You know, other than McAvoy, you don't have like a right side guy who's 
a great penalty. I don't think Clifton's a great penalty killer. He does no, a job, no. but right. uh, so, you know, that might be a role for him, but right. so I'm not giving him away, but if you, you know, if you get something, you know, worth your while, then I would, I would definitely consider it. Does low ride play the right or left side? I don't know the answer to that. I think he's, isn't he the, I want to say he's the right side. Um, you know, but if a guy like that comes, I mean, and here's the other thing about Carlo. Right now, there's no, there's no clauses in his contract. Next year, he he submits a ten team trade list. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason for me. If you go, if you don't think he's part of the future, or if you think you may have to move on from a guy, I think you try to do it now, so that you can. It's open up to the whole league because next year it goes to ten team trade list, then eight, then three. So you have some restrictions there on trading him if you feel you need to. Uh, again, his contract is pretty good, and it's going to be even better going forward. But again, if he continues to regress and he has concussion issues, and he might want to might want to make that move. Lorai is a left shot defenseman. Left shot D. Okay. Um, all right, so chart number six. Bruins hire a law firm to review their vetting process so it reflects their core values. Boy, this is, you know, I'll tell you what, is, you know, you talk about a smart move. This is not one of them. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to go back to what you said last week on the, on the, on the very, in this very program, you said, just own it. Just say just, we yep. screwed yep. up. Yep. That's all. That's what you got to say. All. That's what you got to say. Would, in every, you, and it would go don't away. Continue to dig at you and investigate you. No. And find lies from you if you just tell the truth. Yeah. Take your beating for a week. Exactly. That's what I yes. mean. If you own up to it, they're not going to hammer you anymore because no, you not. already no. you said my bad. It was yeah. my fault. We right. fucked it up. So right. if you say that, you, people aren't going to be like, hey, they fucked it up. Yeah, I said that already. <laughs> Everybody knows that because I told because I told them I told them we fucked it up. So you're not going to have people writing stories saying, "Hey, these guys fucked it up" because they already told you that they did. So just own it. Just own it. I can see that. Uh, do you think the Bruins fucked it up? Uh, well, yeah, they told us they did. <laughs> they told yeah. us they did. Yeah, right. If they would, if they would just tell us they did, then they wouldn't have to go through this charade of, you know, we're hiring somebody to, to vet our vetting process. Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> then we're going to hire another lawyer to vet the lawyer who vets our other vetting process. This is going to keep going. We're going to vet the vetters. Here's your, here, here is what your vetting process is. There wasn't much of one. No. So I don't need to investigate it. <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't do it. That's can they why. pay can they pay me five hundred dollars an hour to, to investigate? Because I'll I'll tell you. Yeah. You don't you don't really have a vetting process. You fucked it up. There, I said it. You fucked it up. And this is what my findings are. You fucked it up. I, I know what happened. You come in. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, for the love of all that is holy. Like, can you just say we screwed it up? Yeah. Fire someone if you have to have a scapegoat and just move on. I mean, move they haven't on. done anything. I don't think they want to let anybody go because I think Neely knows he was at the forefront of it. Yeah. Like, he can't fire himself. No. So he's just trying to find a way to wiggle out of this rather than saying, I'm Cam Neely. I'm a big dope. 
we didn't do it correctly because I didn't think it was that necessary. Like I didn't, I didn't really understand the importance of taking the extra steps and it blew up in my face. That's, that's what he needs. Yeah. To say. I mean, you can't fire a low level guy when you're the one who makes it, when you're the one who makes it the final decision. Oh, the scout's no. not the one who's like, oh yeah, we should sign the guy. And then, and then everybody else is like, no, 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 we shouldn't. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, oh, well the scout said so. So yeah, Including we're going to sign him. Players. We're going right. to sign him anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the decision comes down to him and Sweeney. Right. So if right. you're firing anybody, it's one of those guys. It's not anybody right. else. And they're not right. going to, like you said, they're not going to fire themselves. So, no. you know, you you left there. Looking like assholes. <laughs> if you just, I mean, I don't. I just, I don't. Like it, it is amazing. Yeah, I, that this is happening. Like this is amazing to me. Yeah. Like it's unbelievable to me that they there's an arrogance or an ignorance or both. I don't know what it is. We still haven't heard anything from Don Sweeney. I don't even know if he's still alive. I don't know if he's on the team. I don't know where he is. We haven't heard a peep. Nothing from him. Zero from him it's unbelievable like you went to harvard donnie like jesus like this is unreal like i what a waste of resources that is holy smokes all right chirp seven nesson says its household viewership for bruins games is up 34 percent, which is not too much of a shock over last year in terms of impressions or estimated viewers most interesting detail and this comes from our buddy chad finn from the boston globe Impressions are up 44% over last year among women in the 25 to 54 demographic. That's interesting because I, I mean, I don't want to say that women are bandwagon fans, but why are they watching now when they weren't watching last year? Right. 44%. Like that's a lot. I mean, and, and the Boston market has a ton of knowledgeable uh, female hockey fans, a ton of them. Sure. So, uh, but they're they've been watching all along. Like those right. those women have been watching. You know they watch right. all the time. They don't. Right. They 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 didn't just all of a sudden start watching this year. They've been following the right. team for years and have been watching the team for years. So um, I don't know what I don't know what that jump is. I don't. Is it is it like the, you know, is it like the pink hat thing where it's like cool now the Bruins are winning. You know things are going well. They're scoring goals, so that's a little more exciting. You know, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I have no idea what it is. I could see if it was yeah. up across the board because they're winning, you know, and everybody loves a winner, but right. just women, well, mostly women, um, is what the jump is. I don't, mm. I don't know why that is. I really don't. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously the, obviously the, like you said, everybody loves a winner, but I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Just they like handsome guys playing hockey, or I, I don't know. I don't know what they like. That. Well, yeah, just, but I mean, why would casual fans? Right. This is more of a casual fans have jumped in. That's that's what I loop. think. That's what you know I think what it is. I mean, that's what and I think that, it is. That's what I don't. And I'm with you. I don't know what, why it would bring more casual female fans. Maybe it's because the Patriots of, you know, stink. Maybe it's because the Patriots stink. Maybe the Patriots aren't very good. Aren't well, the Patriots aren't very entertaining. No, they're I not. I think that that's a big problem. Like, you're just not entertained on sat Sundays anymore. You're not. So you're going to go to the entertaining team, which is a fast transition-based, scoring a lot of goals, yeah. most in the league, a mm -hmm. lot of action. Um you know, those, those types of, maybe that's what fans. it is. Maybe that's, maybe what, that's it is. what it is. Maybe the, 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 the Patriots are not, are not entertaining. 
So those female football fans yeah. are coming over and watching some hockey because they're 14 and two and they play an up and down score, a lot of goal style. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe that's it. I mean, it sure is fun to watch. I'll tell you, everybody else should jump aboard too. Come on I'm in. You, it, it really is. And I can't, I mean, it's been a while since it's been this fun to actually watch them. I mean, they've had good teams, yeah, but it, this is like really entertaining hockey. It is like this. It really is. I mean, it's just, and it hasn't been, cause they've been more defense, you know, Cassidy wasn't as defensive minded as Julian, but you go back a few years to more defensive minded first, like protect your own net and then go from there. Now it's more, we're the aggressor mm-hmm. and it's just a different style. And it's, it is really a lot more entertaining. I just worry that it's a little too aggressive in that I'm not sure how many of those teams, although Colorado did win last year, yeah. um, how many of those teams actually win the whole thing? You know, that's that's um, that's what I'm concerned about. But I'll tell you what, it's entertaining as hell. Sure is. Um, all right, beauties and benders for this week in a number three beauty is Linus Allmark. They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. You know, Allmark was the NHL's second star of the week. He's been tremendous. I think he's 11-1, and one, undefeated. I think he's like, his record with the Bruins is like 37-11 and 11 or something. It's, un, it's unbelievable from last year and this year. Like, as, as soon as, ever since he came, they really hit it right on this. And we, you know, we questioned it when they signed him. I remember when we had Mike Milbury on last season. Mm-hmm. And he even said there were people in the organization who would, would have rather have gone with Swayman and Vladar. Yep. I mean, he said that on the, on the podcast. He did. And people who questioned it, why are we getting all Mark? And it was the right move. And it was, you know, he, he had some pretty good numbers on a really bad team. Yeah, that's that's the that's, that's the thing know. that I really liked about the signing is he had he had good numbers like high danger save chance percentage and and things like that on a bad team. Like Buffalo was awful, and he so, had some pretty yeah. good like top towards yeah. the top of the league, um, and things like that. And you figured if he could get him in to the defensive system, get him with goalie Bob, and and you know coach him up a little bit, that you know you might have something there. And he's really, really been fantastic this year. Here are his numbers: he's eleven and one with a one nine six goals against, a nine three six save percentage. He has a shutout. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's just been playing unbelievable hockey at the start of the year. No doubt. And uh, beauty number two, another goaltender, Kinky Keith Kincaid. Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. Kincaid stepped in and won a game almost by himself, really dragged the Bruins to victory against Buffalo. 33 years old. He's gone back down to Providence as Swayman is now healthy again, but a really good little insurance policy there for the Bruins. It is. That's it's a, that's a great kind of third guy to have, a veteran who's been there before. I mean, he had a, he had a really good year. I don't know if it was, uh, was it Carolina or somebody? Uh, I don't know. One of those, one of those teams, one of the teams in the league. <laughs> <laughs> one of the thirty-two. Uh, yeah, he had a he had a really good yeah. year uh, where I think the the league goaltender got hurt and he had you know like twenty wins or something like that. Like he had a he had a good season. Yeah, he had twenty-six wins with the Devils. Twenty-six. There you go. And Ten. There you go. Seventeen in seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He had he had twenty-six wins that year. So uh, he's he's been there before. So it's a really good, uh, really nice guy to have there as kind of an insurance policy. And his nickname is Kinky and. 
you know, how yeah. cool is that? Right. I mean, we, we take that some fierce. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so kink, so kinky uh, gets uh, number two and the number one beauty, Hampus Lindholm. Going to love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. We are almost at the quarter point of the season, and he is 100% in the conversation for Norris possibilities. And he should be in, he should be in yeah. the conversation. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Lindy for Norris. Lindy for Norris. We're going to get that, get that one yeah. trending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has 17 points in 16 games. Four goals, yeah. 13 assists. Uh, he has a plus 18. Uh, Jesus. And wow. he's averaging uh, almost 25 minutes a night. So he is uh, the stud that you were trying to get, the stud that you wanted. Uh, he's a stud, and he's here uh, long-term at a pretty affordable contract. So, uh, you know, you have to give Sweeney some credit for pulling that trade off and uh, locking him up long-term for, I believe it's like six and a half or six, seven, five. Six and a half, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that, that looks like a really, really good deal at this point in time. I'll tell you what, the Lindholm and Hall and Coyle deals trades were just like free home runs. Yeah. Stealing. Three long drives yeah. right there. I mean, just wow. I mean, that's those are three absolute winning trades for sure, without a, without question. Absolutely. Um, all right, Bender's time. Bender's time. So the number three Bender is the Hockey Hall of Fame. Out of Bender. How can you not have Alexander McGillney or Pierre Turgeon in the Hall you. of Fame? When, when when we were when we were young, when we were high school age or so, high school into college. Yeah, the guy was just dynamic. Like the guy, he had seventy six goals. Seventy six goals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was like just a goal every game, like a goal a night. Like he would just, he was so so good and he has 1032 points in 990 games so more than a point per game he had 559 assists to go along with his 473 goals you know he was just like you know it, he had a 16% uh shooting percentage for his career like he was a he was snipe city and uh, you know 76 goals 51 assists one year 127 points in 92 93 and that was the year they beat the Bruins in that upset in the four-game sweep. Mm -hmm. And McGillney was just like, he was a real issue. He was, and, and he, uh, he, should, he should be in. He should be in, in front of the number two benders on the list. Uh, but Pierre Turgeon also should be in uh, <laughs> yes. before the number two benders on the list. He has uh, over 1,300 points, over 500 goals, I believe. Um, I mean, it's just a travesty that this guy is not in the Hall of Fame. I just can't. I don't understand it. Like I, I don't understand it. And we, you talk all the time about Hall of Very Good and Hall of yeah. Fame and such. But I'm telling you right now, you say Pierre Turgeon. I mean, he's. I was surprised he wasn't in. Like, I yeah, just I was, was too. I thought he was in on when in. when yeah. you brought it up. Yeah, I thought he was in already. Yeah, I like I too. thought he was already in. So I was like, well, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, he's in, right? And you're like, no, yeah. he's not in. Yeah. yeah. What is happening? Why? I thirteen hundred points. Is a is a shitload. It is. Like it's a it's a it's a lot of points. Over five hundred goals and over thirteen hundred points should get you in. I mean, it should. Yeah. I, I yeah I I don't know why he's not, and and the fact that he is not is insane to me. He almost had a point per game in the playoffs too. It wasn't like he just never played in the playoffs or disappeared. I mean, he was just. 
I mean, he's just really, you know, just really, really good. And he's, he's not in, and I don't, I don't, he's 34th all time in points, 34th all time. I mean, that's like, he's right behind Mike Gartner. I mean, it's Dennis Savard. He's, he's right behind, he's five behind Guy LaFleur. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't so, get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, yeah. Number two on the list is a set of twins, the Sedin twins. I'm going to love you. Eh? Oh, no. You're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. That's so not what I wanted to do. <laughs> no, you didn't at all. I'm not going to be loving anybody. I'm a bender. I'm a bender. Yeah, a couple in there. Yeah, you get, yeah, you get extras because they're twins. Um, yeah. These guys, I just don't like them. I mean, they're yeah. they're probably Hall of Famers, I guess. But let me tell you, they shouldn't be in before the other two guys we just talked about. Nope. 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 One of them has just 240 nope. goals and like 800 assists. Yeah. And yeah. he's in before a guy he's with in. 500 goals yeah. and 800 assists? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. A center that, with 240 goals. They didn't win a cup. I mean... Nope. <laughs> They were all stars all the time because they were nice guys. Brad Marchand speak bagged one of them. I mean, yeah. you can put in his fact, face in the Hall of Fame as an exhibit, but I don't know if he should really get in. No, no, I, I, no, I just, I don't, I don't see. Rick Middleton needs to be in the Hall of Fame before those two clowns. The, so like, these guys are in. You know why they're in? Because they're twins. That's the reason they're in. It's because they're twins. If they, if 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 it was just if it was just Henrik or just. The other guy, Daniel, it, it wouldn't be in. They wouldn't be in. Nope. I, I could guarantee you they wouldn't be yes, in if it was just one of them that I'm weren't that, that weren't brothers that didn't play for the same team that weren't picked one pick apart. They wouldn't be in. They wouldn't be. I'm with you. They wouldn't be. You're right. That's absolutely true. They're the they're the. It's know, a fucking circus thing. Twins. It's like a yeah. oh look at this yeah. you know put in the twins. Look at this yeah. weird thing. Oh that guy has six yeah. fingers on his right hand. Who cares? <laughs> ah, put him in the hall of fame. Yeah, Antonio up one second. Yeah, that's, yeah. I I don't know. I just that just yeah. I'm with you. I don't. I don't. I think that's the only thing that's really extra special about them. I think you're right. And the uh, number one bender is the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm a bender. Tort says we suck. <laughs> we suck. And he's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. He, yeah, he's not wrong at all. Because you know what? They did suck coming into the year. He had them going, you know, early on. I think they were four and two to start. And he's like, oh, really? The Flyers? Carter Hart was really back to form, like mm-hmm. out of nowhere. We thought he might have been done. Like he was, he came back in a hurry. Like it was all, he was pushing all the right buttons. And now they've lost four in a row. Like now that dog shit on a stick. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Columbus twice, who is. A shit show in themselves. Yeah. And they lost to them twice. Tortorella's old club. And it's bad. It's just bad. And I love Torts. And he's a perfect guy for them. Yeah, he is. Because they do suck. And he'll tell them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd rather that. Yeah, the Philly fans, the Philly fans, I think, well, you know, they, they've taken it towards and they and they love him and they know he's telling the truth. So there's no, you know, it, there it is. Okay. You know, if if he says we suck, then you're not going to have everybody piling on them saying, hey, you right. guys suck. Right. Well, Torts already said it. So already said, right. <laughs> he's, he's kind of taking it. He's taking it away from everybody else. Right. And hey, yeah. the Flyers suck. No, yeah. they, they know they do. They know they yeah. do. So he, he's kind of, you know, done what we said the Bruins should do with the whole Mitchell, Mil- Mitchell yeah. Miller thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Bruins Benders power rankings for this week. And coming in at number seven, brand new entry, the, the LA Kings are 10, 7, and 1. And they were my pick to win that division, by the way. So just keep that, keep an eye on that. Uh, number six, Toronto. They went back to back games and they seem to be getting a little bit better. Um, too talented, some, too talented, too talented, not to. Yeah, they are, and and they had some some issues early on with Marner and and Matthews got off to a slow start, and Sheldon Keith was taking a lot of heat. It was actually Tortorella who stood up for him and said, "I hope I jam, help he jams in all of you." And uh, since then, they've been they've been playing pretty well. Uh, number five, Carolina Hurricanes, they go up two spots, ten five and one. And number four, the New York Islanders are on fire. Uh, they stay at number four, eight and two in the last ten. The Vegas Knights drop to three, drop one spot. They've lost two in a row. It's in Bruce Cassidy's club. Uh, number two, the New Jersey Devils crawl up one spot. They've won ten in a row. Hottest team in hockey. Oh my goodness! I never would have thought that when they played the Bruins early on. Like they, I didn't think they were very good at all. I mean, they have some good young talent, but. I didn't think they were very good. Uh, and then number one, Boston Bruins, plus one. They go up back up to the top spot, 14 and two, nine and 0 at home. Yeah, I mean, just, just, I mean, there's really not much you could say about that. They've just been playing uh, mm. consistently well all year long. And I'm going to love it when they play torts on Thursday night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in Boston. That's going to be terrific. It is. Looking forward to it. Uh, so here we go with the uh, Bruins, Benders, Powerless rankings. Coming in at number 30, the Columbus Blue Jackets are 5-9-1. They are minus 22 on the year. But they have beaten Philadelphia a couple times twice, in the last yeah, twice, uh, yeah. Good. little bit. Uh, uh, but they've, they're dealing with some injuries. You know, I'm oh, just, a ton of them. Yeah, oh, my God. Mane's out and some other guys are out. Brzezlikens. Um, well, Warenski's done for the year. Yeah, Lonnie's out a you know, month. Merzlikens um, oh. just got hurt the other night. So mm. they're dealing with a lot of stuff. So um, that might not be reflective of, of where they'll be uh, come the end of the season. But, uh, you know, they're in a tough division. And, and you know, mm -hmm. they don't have a lot there right right at this point in time, I don't think. No. Uh, coming in at number 31, the Anaheim Not-So-Mighty Ducks, 5-10-1. They have a minus twenty five goal differential, and they have not yet won. <laughs> they have not like, yet won a regulation real. hockey game. No, so all five of their win, all five of their wins are either an overtime or a shootout. They have yes. not won a regulation game yet, which is no, nope. unreal, real. <laughs> it really is sixteen games they have not won in regulation yet. Wow. And coming at number 32, returning to the basement, where they belong, where they will always belong, your Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Dog shit at 8-7-1. 8-7-1. Just, just, just mediocre. Uh, just dude, mediocre. It's worse than bad. Mediocre. Yeah. Um, all right. Bruins uh, poll this week in our polls we talked about earlier in the chirps is Brad Marchand, a Hall of Famer. And we had a, a resounding win for yes at 88%, no with 4%, and needs a couple more years at 8%. So, uh, and Marchand has a, a clear case, as you have said, to be a Hall of Famer for sure. So now if you look at this team right now, two automatic, Hall, pretty much automatic Hall of Famers in Bergeron and Marchand, two more that have an excellent chance to Parsonark and McAvoy. Mm-hmm. 
at, at being, so you could have look back 10 years from now, 15 years from now and be like, this, this four hall of famers on this team. Yeah, you could. I absolutely think so. I think there's a yeah. very good chance that, uh, you know, Pasternak keeps up his, his scoring pace and McAvoy continues to be, you know, a, a top three to five defenseman in the league for, you know, another handful of years, you know, seven, eight years. He's, you know, probably going to win a Norris, I would think at some point. So, uh, yeah, I think those guys all have excellent chances. So, yeah, they're pretty. And pretty... You'd have, then you'd have Krejci as one of the top Bruins of all time, probably top ten Bruin when it comes to points. Absolutely. And you're looking at you're looking at you know, geez, you know, five, those five players. You look back and say, wow, that was kind of a wagon that team. And then Taylor Hall, number one overall pick. I yep. mean, some some really. Uh, good players. Uh, all right. We had uh, a new segment here called the mailbag and we had two, uh, entries in the mailbag this week One okay. from at Y2 Jones, our buddy Jonesy. Nice. Uh, will the bees want or need to make big headline trades to make a serious run or just some veteran depth moves? I know the salary cap gets a vote too. What say you on that one? I say, uh, veteran depth. I don't think they need to go out and, and do any kind of a major shakeup, uh, unless, and this is a nuclear option, but unless, you know, Pasnock and the Bruins talks break off for some reason. And he's like, I'm not signing. I'm not signing with you. And, and you, and you have to make like a, a a really hard decision and say, are we going to trade this guy or lose him for nothing? And that would be my only uh, instance where I would make a, you know, trying to get a superstar type of a trade where if you have to trade him out, you you need to bring back, you know, a superstar in return. Do you, what do you think the percentages are of <clears throat> um, comes back or loses, lo- lose him for nothing? I think uh, comes back is 90 percent really that high yeah so you're a 90 10 guy right now yep wow i think he's gonna come back i think it's gonna be the largest contract in bruins history i think it's gonna be eight at 88 or more and i think they're gonna pay him because like i've said all along and i will fucking crush them if they let him walk but uh you can't let 40 goal scorers leave so If you don't pay him, someone else is going to. The cap's going to go up. So give the man his fucking money. Give right. him his money. And uh, that's all he wants. You know, he wants to know that there's going to be a team around him. And it seems like the way things are going right now with um, the way Montgomery is coaching and, and the way the players have bought in, um, you should be able to put a good team around him and McAvoy and Linton. So... Give the guy his money. Give him his money. Yeah. I, yes. Uh, 100% yes. Um, if they don't, if they lose him for nothing, we will have a, a, a show dedicated to hammering this organization. And we're going to, we're going to talk about all Pasternak's greatest things. And we're just going to destroy people I, if that happens. Cause it would be catastrophic. You know what? If they let him walk for nothing, I'll tell you this right now. The Bruins, Bender's powerless rankings, 32 will be the Bruins for an entire yeah. year. 
for I will put them year. I will yeah. put them last for the Next entire year. The year. Yep. Yeah. And uh he'll probably it'll probably be like a Joe Thornton situation. If they let him walk for nothing, he'll go to another team and score sixty mm-hmm. and win like an yes. MVP. And they'll yep. they'll they'll come out of there with your, you know, Keith Primos and and mm-hmm. fucking other clowns and mm-hmm. and get pennies on the dollar for a guy mm-hmm. that they should have never let walk to, you know, walk you, away in the first think, place. How about this one? Do you think Pasternak at was he twenty five? About to turn twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Pasternak has a chance at you know? Do you think he could score eight hundred goals? He could. I don't think he'll I mean, play long enough. I really don't. You don't think so? No, I don't. I don't, th- so. I don't think he's going to be like an Ovechkin that plays into his into his forties. I don't think so. No. I think he'll. He's just gonna. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll have his career and then and then move on. I don't think he's going to play. You know, he might play. I mean, ten you know, more years at an average of thirty-five is six hundred goals. Yeah, I think I, I, th- I definitely think he'll get there. I, de- I yeah. definitely definitely think he'll be in the six hundred to seven hundred range, no doubt. Right. But I don't I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna hit eight hundred. He, he would need to have like you know fifty-five or sixty-goal season. He's, he could. Like I, I think he'll definitely have a few fifty-goal seasons mm. for who, sure. Who's, who who if they if he doesn't decide to sign here. Give me a, give me like two teams you think would that he would be going to. Uh, I think he would go to L.A. I think he would mm-hmm. go uh, maybe to a Florida team. I think he would go. I think he would mm-hmm. go to the Rangers. Um, okay. I think he would go to the Avalanche. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, that's my thing. Av- Avalanche with McKinnon would be like my first thought. I th- go with a big center. Yeah, I I think yeah. so. I I don't know. I th- I feel like L.A. would. I L.A. has a ton of space, so I could mm-hmm. see him going there. You know. Yeah, I I feel like uh, L.A. You know, Colorado, maybe mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Toronto. Toronto would pay him a bazillion but dollars, and he would play with Austin Matthews. Yeah, yeah, and they would you know move on from Marner or whatever to make it happen. Sure, sure. they would. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean... Or Nylander yeah. or Tavares might be up by that point. You know, yeah, they, yeah. so... Yeah. I, I could see Toronto, wow. you know, making some room for him there, 100%. Matthews and Pasternak? Oh, Jesus. It's my nightmare. Right, well, hopefully your 90-10 is correct. Yeah, that's my All nightmare. All right, and our second mailbag, uh, at Brian Engert, uh, again, is uh, reaching out. We appreciate Brian listening. How are they going to add to this team, capped out, and by the trade deadline, I think the shine... Is going to rub off on the decor. What D targets would you want? Oh, that's a that's a good one. <clears throat> I don't. I, I I I I would be wary of one thing. Is if you got if you traded Riley and or Carlo or someone Zaboral even, then you get thin on D quick. Like right now you have a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. You think, Jesus, we have a surplus, but you trade a guy or two and someone gets hurt. Now you don't have much beyond that is what I'm trying to say. I mean, after the next guy is what a Sean, you know, Michael Callian. Like I don't, right. you don't have a lot there. No. You know? And, um, I feel like now you actually have a little more on the left side than the right side. So I yeah. personally, mm-hmm. I would probably, um, like I said, I wouldn't trade Kylo unless I got blown away, um, you know, with, with something. But I would look to probably add a right shot defenseman um, that could either take Kylo's minutes if he's not playing well or, 
you know, whatever, if he's injured or Clifton comes back to earth a little bit, uh, I would look for a right shot um, defense. You know, ideally you want to get a top four guy and then you've got, you know, a bunch of top four guys on the right side behind mm-hmm. McAvoy. Um, so that's probably what I would look to add on defense. Um, but I would all, also probably look to add a little bit of center depth if you could. Like if you could get somebody with a little bit of term, um, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't mind doing that either because, you know, Krejci and Bergeron, like we've talked about before, are getting up there. So that's what I'm doing. I'm adding some center depth and I'm adding a right shot D. So deadline. would you like say, for instance, I mean, there's been talk about Ottawa needing defense, obviously. Mm-hmm. So would you you do a trade with like Carlo for like a, you know, a good prospect high pick and maybe like a, like a Zaitsev or harmonic or something like that. Yeah. I would, I would do something you know, like that to bring him back to fill in there. And then, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe something to that effect. I, I think that's probably right. what they'll end up doing. Cause I, I feel like um, they, like you said, they could get, you know, and if, when, if, and when injuries happen, you know, their, their right D is a little thinner than their left. <laughs> um, especially once they get forward back. So um that's what I do. And then, and then I think I'm adding a center depth too with some term. If, if you can, if you can do that. And but, you know. this though, they, they defensively, they, they are pretty deep right now. They are. And the six guys that they could potentially roll out there are, are pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a pretty good unit you know. top to bottom. I mean, they have, yeah. they have a, they have a pretty good amount of puck movers. They have some, um, physicality, some penalty killing, you know, and then you got a couple of studs in McAvoy and Lindholm that, you know, once playoffs come, we're going to be playing 25 to 30 minutes a night. So you're not really right. not going to have to be filling in, uh, with, right. mu- with much else. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Not Yeah. You're right. I mean, not, not much else at all, really. Um, yeah, maybe like, uh, I mean, Columbus is, in struggle city mode, maybe like a Branson or someone, you know, I don't know. I mean, but you don't have a lot of cap space, so it's hard to, it's hard to add anything without subtracting quite a bit right now. You yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like you would have to move, um, unless they got creative and you trade for a guy that's on long, long-term IR and you can use his, you can use his money to fucking circumvent it. Like Tampa did. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. I mean, someone gets a phantom injury for a little bit and you, uh, you know, or gets a, a little injury that you make a big injury. You know, I guess you could do that. I mean, I, you could keep forward out as long as you want now. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, you could put them on long-term IR and, and yeah, you, you know, there's another 3 million. Cause it's once uh, the trade deadline rolls around, it's, it's uh, prorated, I believe. Yes. The yes. rest of the season, that's right. so that's right. You don't have so to that's fit how you in. Play that game. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to fit in. You know, eight million dollars. You just have to fit in. You know, half of that right. or whatever. There you go. So. Um, all right, prospect spotlight. Do a quick little prospect spotlight. The Bruins, Providence Bruins, are ten one one and one. In on the top of the uh, AHL standings, um, playing extremely well. And one of their under the radar uh, players right now is Luke Toporowski. And he is signed to a two-year AHL deal, has yet to receive an NHL deal. He was undrafted when many thought he would be drafted for a couple of years prior. Um, Bruins picked him up in the summer, uh, had a good camp, and is now five goals, five assists, 10 points in 12 games. 
Yeah, I think they might have found something there. Um, hmm. You know, they have done pretty well with the undrafted free agent route in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. you know, you you get a guy there that you can add to the, you know, add to the prospect pool. I think he's a guy who could come in and, and play on your, on your, you know, third and fourth lines. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe going forward, maybe it's a guy who, you know, if they let Frederick walk after the season, um, right. you know, don't sign him, don't sign some of those, you know, bottom six guys. He's a guy who could come in and play for you. Um, yeah. He's got some speed. He has a really good shot. He's a little bit of an agitator, a little bit of an in-your-face type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he fits in with what they do now. Uh, good forechecker. So um, yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pickup. And um, you know, they 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 seem to maybe have found something here. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, 5'11", 185 or so, so a little undersized. That's probably why he wasn't drafted. But uh, by all accounts, uh, kind of a gritty, pesky type of player mm-hmm. who can score a little bit. Has scored at any every level, really played the WHL quite a bit and scored every every year, uh, put up some really good numbers. So, um, take, you know, keep an eye out for Toporowski and see what happens with them if they will pick him up to an entry-level deal at some point in the next year or two. All right, week ahead for the Bruins, November 17th versus the Flyers in Tortorella, uh, November 19th versus the Blackhawks at home, and then uh, a road trip begins, and it's a difficult one, November 21st at Tampa Bay and November 23rd at Florida. Uh, So the week ahead starts off a little easier and then gets harder, as you mentioned earlier. It's a a tough little 10-game stretch there of, of the who's who. Of the NHL, yeah, they'll they'll have uh, it's going to be a measuring stick for them because um, all those teams, especially with the way the Bruins have started, are going to be gunning for them. You know, now that the Bruins have, are the top team in the league, all these teams that are coming in to play the Bruins are giving the Bruins their best effort because they're the top, and the the other teams want to measure themselves against the top team. Where do we where do we stand against you know a team that's the best in the league right now? So they're getting everyone's best shot, so they're going to have to be ready. Um, and you know, a lot of these teams are, are teams that, you know, they, they've struggled with a little bit in the past with Florida and Tampa's giving them, you know, fits and Carol, uh, Carolina's in there too, down the line a little bit. They got Vegas a couple of times. So, um, definitely some tough teams and, uh, it'll be an, interesting, but fun little stretch here to, to see where they're at in relation to the rest of the league. It will, and it'll also test their style of play. They're aggressive, and these teams can transition and score the puck. So mm-hmm. it'll be a it'll be a good couple of weeks here and a fun time around the holidays for sure. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. We're on TikTok as well at Bruins Benders Podcast. Uh, rate and review us on Apple. Subscribe and follow on all podcast uh, platforms. And don't forget to sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com forward slash ESPN. And that'll do it for this episode of the Bruins Benders podcast. We appreciate everyone listening, and we will see you again next week. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Black Betty, family, 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 family,